How's it going, you wonderful people? We are back for another Mental Health Monday. I'm here with Joanne. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, it's going to be a good one, I think. Uh, we uh, have some some different data points here and a very specific conversation. And uh, at the end of the video, we have a question for you too. So stick around to the end. Uh, there's going to be a lot of good information here. Hopefully some things that will make you think about uh, ourselves as individuals, think about ourselves as a community, and then um, I just think knowledge is power, right? It sure is. we gotta, we got to know where we stand in order to move forward, and so that's going to be a lot of what today is, is just kind of facing some realities that we have as a community, right? Yes, and so. looking at how we can improve those, but right. first we must know where we're standing, as Andrew said. Yep. So uh, you, you placed in front of me here something <laughs> I think is very interesting, um, rates of deaths of despair, and can you just maybe define that for us? Tell us what a death of despair is, and then we'll give the data points for United States, Pennsylvania, and Armstrong County. Okay. Deaths of despair are categorized in hopelessness. Um, we look at deaths of overdose, deaths of alcohol, and deaths from suicide. Those are the three categories. However, there are so many other components that feed into what those categories are. And so that's what we're going to be discussing more today. Um, when we look at the rate for Armstrong County that Andrew's going to share with you, it's significant, and it's significant in a sense that um, allows us to really recognize and know that we need to be having conversations around where the hopelessness springs from and how and what we can do differently to help people to understand that we don't have to stay locked in hopelessness. Right. Yeah, and so, so something in whatever it is in our life causes us a desperate moment and so turn to drugs alcohol or suicide yes um so those deaths they measure in per hundred thousand people the rate in the united states as a whole is 46 yes uh, approximately we don't have those hard numbers but pennsylvania 67 so pennsylvania is already about a third higher uh, than the united states as a whole armstrong county 88 yes and if we go back even just a couple of years, Armstrong County was over 110. Yes. And so we were almost double, over double the national average, almost double the Pennsylvania average. Yes. And um, still significantly higher, mm -hmm. although improved over the last couple of years, which we'll talk about a little bit yes. too. Um, but still, um, we are, uh, we seem to have a, a despair issue mm -hmm. for sure, a hopelessness issue. Right. And so, I don't know, why don't you talk a little bit about, I know you have some different things there, uh, different data points that can kind of point us back to maybe maybe why that is for us. Okay. Like, why, are, why do you think we're higher than everybody else? I think we have, you know, general yeah. idea. Like, we, right. I think when we walk around town, we can probably feel that that's true. Right, right. But I don't know that we know why. Well, well, when we look toward what we have spoken about previously, and we look at how um, we, our community, has gone through significant trauma, that significant trauma for our community, when we talk about loss of jobs, when we talk about loss of purpose, when we talk about loss of meaning, I also spoke about loss of people. Um, I didn't mean people moving out of the area. I meant deaths. And as and in fact, that's what had me um, looking further for the data that Andrew just presented. Um, because we have had so many losses that due to deaths that of are of despair that continues that cycle of despair. Yeah. So when we look at how that impacts our children and our families 
and what would typically be our support systems and what would typically be a growing time that allows us to prepare for adulthood and resilience and being able to be hopeful as leveled as being torn apart if you will and not permitted to develop in a way that would support the strength of resiliency that would support hope we must know what the factors are that create an expectation for a life that is of despair rather than a life that is of hope yeah i think that's so important to kind of try to identify because if we look at i don't know what people would consider the time period of the downfall of katanning yes we're talking 70s and 80s and so the majority of the people in our town have grown up in knowing nothing but Correct. A, uh, a kind of atmosphere of despair, mm-hmm. an atmosphere of hopelessness. And so, right. yeah, how, <laughs> how important is that from like, I know we talked a little bit about the childhood perspective. Yes. How important is that from a childhood perspective? And, you know, how do we, I don't know, how do we kind of analyze where we've come from? I, <laughs> it's such a big topic. It's, well, it's a huge topic, um, but there are key points Um, And one of the um, most informative components that I've been learning more and more about, I've actually worked with it uh, since it first came out in 1998. It's called the ACE study. And ACE, A-C-E, stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. One of the um, articles that really is entitled in a way that speaks to the enormity of how we can use this information is called the greatest public health survey you never heard of, Mm. okay? And you never heard of is really, really important because the you never heard of suggests that these topics and these talking points are so uncomfortable to begin with (laughs) that nobody wants to talk about them. But then because nobody wants to talk about them and because we're not having conversations in a way that creates dialogue and comfort and safety in talking about these topics, they become further points of despair. Yeah. So the adverse childhood experiences, it's kind of like, it's its basically a test, right? You can, yes. you can score based on all these different things. Yes. What are some of those adverse childhood experiences um, that can be things that would bump your ACE score right. and then cause us to right. be more um, likely, I'm assuming more likely for drug use? More likely for drug use, more likely for... Um, chronic disease, more likely for obesity, more likely for all of the things that impair our health and impair our abilities to really um, move forward in the ways that we would like to and envision for ourselves. Yeah. I think of things like um, likelihood of being in jail, likelihood of, you know, I think teen pregnancy was one of them. Criminal, right. Yeah, there's a lot of different things that we see jump drastically the higher the A score goes. Right. Um, household dysfunction. And don't forget, in these previous episodes, we were talking about dysfunction having come from something that was once very functional. Mm. So when we look at how our bodies, mind, and emotion react to these adverse experiences, it is highly functional during childhood. The problem lies with once 
that toxic stress and the elements of the toxic stress are removed, our bodies, mind, and emotions have still been wired for the expectation that that's how the rest of life is going to be. Mm-hmm. And since that happens, it ends up being dysfunction. Okay. Yeah. So household dysfunction, substance abuse, parental separation, divorce, a parent or a close family men- member with mental in- illness, domestic violence, criminal behavior. Those are five categories that are um, suggestive of trouble, obviously, (laughs) or higher increased rates of subsequent problems having to do with alcoholism, chronic depression, antidepressant prescriptions, risk of perpetuating domestic violence, risk of being a victim of domestic violence, uh, liver disease, smoking, sexual assault, suicide attempts, teen sexual behavior, impaired worker performance, and COPD. Hmm. Yes. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Isn't it? I don't know. You. I mean, it's all linked together, right? It's I mean, we were talking about that all the time. All the time. Yeah. So we have... It's kind of interesting to me where my mind immediately goes when we talk about something like that is the the fact that how generational it, it can become yes. because your parents, you were more likely to have kind of that childhood trauma based mm-hmm. on the way that your parents lived, right. but your childhood trauma then leads you to uh, those same kinds of things, right. which can then affect your children yes. and so on and so on and so on. Yes. And so we can end up with two, three generations, which I think is a lot of maybe what, where we're at as a mm-hmm. society, mm-hmm. especially in the Armstrong County area. Yeah is now we've experienced multiple generations of these things kind of stemming from these original traumas that happened 50, 60, 70 years ago. Yes, with no means of addressing them, which is why um, we're we're wanting to open conversation because unless we're able to talk about these things in a safe way, in a way that allows all of us to know that none of this is moral failing, none of it. It's all having been physiologically shaped in a way that makes the sympathetic fight or flight component of our nervous system dominant, which it never was supposed to be. It truly is only supposed to be enacted during points of imminent death. And when you think about some of the examples of how adrenaline and cortisol can surge through your body, Um, I'm often reminded of a story that circulated quite some time ago, some of you may remember it, of a mother being able to lift a car off her child. Right. Okay. (laughs) That's how much toxicity is pumping through our bodies if we're not going to use it for something. Right. And so that's how it manifests into all of these health illnesses. All right. So understanding that in a way that allows us to then start having a conversation about what to do with it is the very beginning. But if the conversation in and of itself is threatening because we've not been able to talk about these experiences or they've been considered things that should be kept hush-hush, then we never get to the conversation part and we never get to the healing. Right. Yeah, I think for so many people, (laughs) probably some people listening too, they're maybe just wondering, 
why do I always feel like this overbearing like anxiety? Yes. Why why do I feel the way that I feel? Mm-hmm. Well, my assumption is that there's a lot of people out there that if we point them to this, mm-hmm. they would they would see and recognize Oh, right. So that that's why I feel the way that I feel. Yes. And even though they might not even consider that their childhood was, you know, bad or traumatic in some way, when we kind of start to piece all these things together and actually sit down, mm-hmm. think about stop and breathe, right? Yes. <laughs> Relax and analyze right. the, the, the truth of the matter, then we can realize, oh, that's the what that's why I feel the way that I feel, or mm-hmm. that's why my cousin feels the way that he feels, yes. or that's why my boss acts the way that he acts, right. or whatever it might be. And it gives us just this extra layer of empathy and understanding that is just invaluable. Yes, for others and for ourselves. Right. Because first we must be able to connect our with ourselves before we can connect with anyone else and the larger community and lift all of us up. Right. And I'm just a firm believer that there's no trauma that can't be overcome. Oh, no. I mean, God has placed the tools in all of us to be able to conquer every one of these things. Yes. Until we recognize that there is an issue, yes. then we can't overcome it. <laughs> no. We have to you know, right. we bring it into right. the light, right? Right, bring it into the light. Yeah. That's, yeah. And so that's just part of what this is. And, uh, yeah. Uh, we're going to find some of the links for these articles, too, so you can go and read more detail on the ACE study. But, um, I mean, what do you, what else do you think about that? I mean, what are the other, the other things that you think could kind of, that have, led us to these numbers right well well the things that have led us to this number certainly are um what you were talking about this feeling of of being they call it overwhelm i apologize i have to say overwhelmed (laughs) (laughs) but the adjective is now overwhelm all right um overwhelm the anxiety the depression so let's go back for a moment to my example of the level of energy and toxicity that's coursing through our bodies if a mother can lift a car off her child right when we are holding that back because we don't know what to do with it or we've been told we must cope we must manage we'll use medicine to assuage it it is huge in terms of the impact on the body and where and how our systems become so stressed that something somehow somewhere body, mind, emotion is going to be breaking down. Mm -hmm. And when we recognize how to calibrate the body, which we spoke a little bit about last um, podcast, then we can identify which part of the mind is online for us to be able to tolerate and move through the emotion that has come from the trauma that has been left un recognized unprocessed Mm. and so when we talk about trauma again you mentioned that we can be within a family that's highly highly stressed and we don't particularly have any kind of horrific memory but what we do learn is how the people within our families specifically the adults who we're looking toward are handling this stress yeah. And that's the pattern that we learn. Although we may see and understand and know that it wasn't healthy, the sympathetic nervous system looks for the quickest way to relieve that sensation of being overwhelmed right. or being depressed or having anxiety. And that's what takes on the many, many forms of high-risk behaviors, which are the links to these manifestations that I gave earlier. Yeah. Interesting story. Um, I'll just share. I've been listening to a book 
called mm-hmm. Chasing the Scream, mm-hmm. and it's about um, the kind of the drug and well, the I guess the tag of it is the beginning and the end of the drug war. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> there's a story in there about a Jewish doctor, and uh, he was working with uh, addicts mm-hmm. and having having actually a lot of success. And his mother actually grew up during World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, the family was kind of always hiding uh, yeah. from from Nazi Germany. Uh, and so there was a doctor at that point that was going around seeing all the mothers that had Jewish mothers that had babies. And she was wondering, my baby just will never stop crying, mm-hmm. just crying all the time. And so that baby that was crying all the time was this, this doctor later on. And the doctor said, yeah, all my, all my Jewish mothers, all their babies are crying all the time. Mm-hmm. And so there was this stress level in his mother that um, had been transferred yeah. to the baby. And what was so interesting is he was like two years old when all that stopped and uh, the family was back together. He had a great childhood, all those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. But what he realized is he was treating addicts. When he was in stressful situations, he had this like um, shopping addiction. Ah. And so he would go out and shop. And the only thing that he would ever shop for was uh, CDs. Okay. He wanted to go buy music. Ah. And so he would come That's home. Interesting in himself. He would come home with his wife, and he'd have two hundred dollars worth of CDs, and his mm-hmm. wife would be like, "We haven't even listened to the last two hundred dollars right. worth of CDs that we got." Well, then he realized his mother how she would deal with stress mm-hmm. when he was a baby. Okay. When her father, when his father wasn't there, right? He, so she would turn on. She would turn on music. Right. And yeah. so even all that time later, you know, we're talking mm-hmm. 40, 50 years later, and no conscious memory. Yeah, no conscious memory of it whatsoever. <laughs> It was still coming out mm-hmm. as this addictive behavior um, to deal with yes. the trauma right. that he experienced as an infant. Yes, and so yes. it was just like so. It was just like this light bulb moment yes. for me that we can experience things and go through things that are still affecting the way that we re- react right. and respond today. Right, that uh, we don't fully understand right. unless we take a step back. Yes, and look at the full picture. Right, and yeah. So. Put, put our systems in an alignment, our systems being body, mind, and motion in an alignment that allows us to discover what those things are. Yeah. Because then we have choice. Right. Right? And so um, when you were speaking about, you know, his, his mother, how it translated into it affecting his neurobiology, and that's the part that we really need to know because communities can do so much, and it's excellent and it's beautiful. However, if the neurobiology individually is not addressed, then it's something that um, leaves a gap of understanding. And Mm -hmm. that gap of understanding is still where so many of the behaviors occur where people say, I don't know why I do that. I don't know why. I wish I could stop. I want to stop. And I'm also reminded of a different um, Johan Hari book, uh, Lost Connections, okay, which talks about the importance of community and the connections that can be formed within. Having said that, it's a layer that needs to happen. But I'm reminded of a person who was a nurse, and this will be interesting for, I hope, healthcare professionals who um, are listening also. (laughs) I I hope they're listening also. Yeah. All right. Um, Because she was really trying to improve the um, healthcare in an emergency setting in a hospital, a very busy busy hospital. I believe it was London. Mm -hmm. And she kept getting triggered because she was feeling as though the patients were being treated in the way that she had been treated as a child. So what she ended up doing was leaving that position and being able to join with the community and having a very vibrant life afterward. 
but she was never able to affect the change that she would have liked to have seen mm -hmm. in the circumstances that reminded her of her own trauma and her own um, despair. Yeah. So she was able to go on and heal with a community setting, but she wasn't able to affect change within the systems underlying in that community. Yeah. And that's where I'd really love for us to be able to go. Yeah, absolutely, because I, I think right now the solution for every every kid growing up in Katanning is, well, when I get out of here. And, right, and we, and, <laughs> and we see that true, actually, a lot of times. They do get out of here and they do thrive right? because they've separated themselves from the situation. But how do we affect, how do we stay here? They thrive until they run into their own families, yeah. I mean, okay, <laughs> yeah. sincerely, Yeah. Um, because then that's when it comes to light again, right. because that's when we start dealing. If we're footloose and fancy free, it's pretty easy to be anywhere footloose and fancy free, Sure. all right? Um, but when we start getting back into the um, dynamics mm -hmm. of our families of origin and we're trying to grow our own families, that's where we see many of of the um, pitfalls, if you will, happen, mm -hmm. all right? So I speak of that only because, one, I don't want people to think they need to leave here to thrive. Right. I would much prefer people to understand the strength of where and how this community has indeed survived, mm -hmm. right? And the beauty that is here. Right. There's a lot of strength, there's a lot of goodness, there's a lot of love. Mm -hmm. We can't avail ourselves of all of that, though, if we're in a position where because our past experience has taught us that when we have hope, we're just going to get kicked in the teeth right. or the other shoe is going to drop. I hear that often. Yeah. Okay. Um, then we can't enter into. Right. All right. And so I just mentioned the kids leaving because many, many kids leave here. And then many, many kids find out, if you will, the grass is not greener when they run into responsibilities. And if you've listened uh, to the other podcast before this, having the ability to respond means being able to Res be responsible. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So, uh, so what, I mean, we have the data, right? <laughs> we have the data. We can look at it. We can, everyone knows the story of overdose deaths. Mm -hmm. um, this deaths of despair is even, to me, even more interesting because mm -hmm. it layers in those other things. Um, you know, deaths from, from alcohol and deaths from suicide. Mm -hmm. um, where do we go? what do we do we learn yeah we learn and for for me um what i had to learn first and then what i've been developing um has to do with um three main things calibrate delegate and navigate so if we calibrate our bodies mm -hmm. then we can delegate which part of our mindscape which part of our brain is going to be in charge and not a default to fight or flight but rather being able to actively choose the executive functioning because we are in a calibrated state that allows us to navigate the energy and motion the emotion that comes up mm -hmm. and so though that's the framework but it's very individual and very personal and so if we are talking about knowing yeah this as 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 well 
and easily known as good nutrition for the body, mm -hmm. right? This is good mental health hygiene. It's not just mental health hygiene. It is interdependence of everything that we're just speaking about. Yeah, it's just it's just life. I yeah, mean, it's like it's, yeah. everyone needs to be. Right. And I think, I think we have our own coping mechanisms, which kind of go automatic, but it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, how can we turn those from things that are, you know, so I'm not going to the store and buying two hundred dollars worth of CDs. Right, right. Uh, how can I? How can I do that in a in a healthy mm -hmm. way? And I think that's what you're what yes. you're pointing at. Well, and it is what I'm pointing at. But we can also with um, the brain plasticity, we can take away the triggering component of the things that make us run and do the things right. that. So it doesn't have to remain. It it literally becomes re-encoded. Yeah. And I think brain plastic. Maybe we should just speak okay. to that for a minute. Okay. So the brain plasticity is the ability yes. of the brain to change and rewire and those kinds of things, Correct. right? Okay. Correct. So I just want to make sure everyone understands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're we're not doomed. We're not doomed. And the the more we bring light to what we're talking about, the more the comfort level increases with what we're talking about, and the sooner that neuroplasticity component happens for us as a community and us individually. Right. And so one, it's like to go back to the doctor and just mm -hmm. kind of bring that story full circle. Mm -hmm. Like once he realizes that the reason that he goes and buys music is mm -hmm. because of this childhood thing. Now it doesn't hold any power Correct. over him anymore. Now, now he doesn't have to do that anymore because he understands it. Yes. And when it, when it happens, he says, oh, this is why I'm feeling this way. Yeah. And now I can go back and actually address it and... and um, Escape from it. Right. Get a, you know, right. Can, free from it. Yeah. I don't be have to be chained from, down by that anymore. Right. So. Right. Be free from it. So and, powerful. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, well, I'm just, I just want to reiterate that's where choice comes in because we often say to our kids, make good choices. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but if they're under an automatic reaction to something as underlying as the zero to two year old neurocircuitry, right. it's not a choice. It's, yep. it's a, this is, this is what I need to do to feel better right now. Yeah. Okay. I think a lot of times like our reaction is like someone gives us a negative reaction mm -hmm. because of some trauma they experienced. Mm -hmm. And then that triggers a negative reaction in us. Correct. And all of a sudden we end up in this crazy cycle. Well, if you wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I figure like we take, we go from that kind of mindset. I was just reminded, it's like a joke on Facebook now. Okay. How much are you on? Oh, are you on Facebook well, a lot? I think I know what you're talking I'm not on Facebook. This is a different one. Okay. I know what you're thinking, right. but this is a different okay. one. So it'd be like, it'll be like a conversation like, I put ketchup on my mac and cheese. And then someone will say, who hurt you? <laughs> who hurt you to make you act in such a crazy way? And it's like this become this joke. Yeah. But that's actually become my mindset uh, okay. now. When someone gives me a negative uh, reaction, my first okay. thought becomes, who hurt you? Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. Right? And so I was, I'm trying to like take this joke. And so whenever you see that on Facebook mm -hmm. now, you'll be like, oh, okay. Right. But when you see someone have like this crazy reaction that you don't understand or this outburst of anger or whatever, it makes us want to automatically run from that person. Yes. Right. Yes. Or fight them back. Yeah. Or fight them. Yeah. <laughs> we have this, this response in us that, but if we can take that and actually mm -hmm. have some empathy for them yeah. and try to look at the life that they lived or we don't know their childhood and maybe we can start a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. And not that you need to go into this 
psychiatric no. analysis of people. <laughs> no. But there is this this power and this value in actually sitting down and having a conversation mm-hmm. and actually getting to know each other. Yes. And then we can finally understand where we're coming from. Yes. So yes. I don't know. I just wanted to throw that in well, there. Well, it's a it's a huge component. I I am on Facebook enough to know that people are throwing out kindness, kindness, kindness. Yeah. yeah kindness is hugely important. Yeah. Um, it recognizing though in our own selves what that reaction is right and then also for the person who we may encounter rather than um rather than geez what an idiot right (laughs) right. and and the the who i want to emphasize the who hurt you has no ending so who hurt you is kind of a absurd line of reasoning yeah absolutely okay yeah um because who then who hurt the person who hurt them who hurt them who hurt them who hurt them right right um and so where where is your hurt and why is it there mm-hmm. component of understanding for the person and for the people that we're interacting with right. is probably a more relevant question absolutely yeah that's you know that's where i go with it but i, I just remember the first time seeing it and mm-hmm. i you know I've, of course yeah, I, I giggled right, first right. because it's it was funny. hilarious that's what I laughed. <laughs> and then uh and then after that i was like but that's actually a lot more profound than they understand right that's a that's a very important yeah. question yeah because it leads to a whole different understanding of why we act the way we act and also speaks to the kind of the discomfort with having these conversations. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah, <laughs> we can make a joke out of yes. it. Yes, it's another coping mechanism. Yes, it's kind of a yeah. It's a it's a flight, really. Right, it's a flight. Right, yeah. it's a flight. I mean, laughter is great. We we need laughter, no doubt, right? Yeah. But the kinds of things that come up, we can have laughter within this. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if, and I apologize if it did interfere yesterday. Um, I had a session with a family, and we were cracking <laughs> up, and we were talking about really heavy stuff and really serious things. Right. But bringing it to light gave the levity, right. right? So that it wasn't a dismissive joke. Right. It was a on-point joke that allowed insight to happen. Right. And then to be able to have the heavier, the darker parts of the conversations to then, again, bring the levity right. and have the laughter. So... Well, I think maybe it's appropriate, and then we'll get to our question. The other okay. Facebook one we talked about, yeah. okay, was the other one that's going around is, um, I match energies, yeah. so you pick how, how we're going to feel today. Yeah. And, like, just the absurdity of that. And that, speak, just, speak to the, I know why I find it to be so absurd. Yeah. Could you please speak to? Well, it's like, it's saying basically that I have no control at all over the emotions that I feel today. Yes. My emotions are 100% based on how you feel today. Yes. And so, um, I, first off, I just don't understand. Why would you want to give up the power of your own self? Big time. To somebody else's that, emotions. Yeah, that's mine. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're going to be in charge of how yeah. I act? And, and then second off, like, <laughs> like nobody should live under that kind of uh, uncontrolled state. Yes, like, yeah, right. That's not how God created us to be right. whatsoever. Right. But you speak not, to it from a maybe from a medical yeah. standpoint. <laughs> well, well, from well, <laughs> many layers, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> many layers. Um, because, and probably the most important layer, um, and where we can end today before we go to the question, is that these manifestations of 
deaths of despair, and all of the health components that I spoke of are all functions of having had no control. Mm -hmm. So to live in a place that ultimately says, I really don't have control, is uh, to me absurd. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I think maybe the better way for us to put that would be like, I can affect the energy. Mm-hmm. So how am I going to act today yes. that can affect the positive yes. energy in the world around me? Yes. And if we can turn it from one mindset to the other, like, mm-hmm. hey, I have no control here. Mm-hmm. And to, to the point where I have 100% control over myself. Yeah. And I also have this ability to have some kind of control over the emotions around me too. Right. Then that becomes this position of uh, now I have no power, no control to now I'm empowered and I can actually change the world around me. It's quiet strength. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, it's quiet strength. When we look at the antithesis of that, which is I match energies, right? That's loud weakness. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or. Yeah. And we've all been around people like that with quiet mm-hmm. strength, right? Yes. I mean, yes. I can remember, like, my grandfather. There could be just chaos around, and my grandfather would walk in the room, and everyone would kind of, not out of fear, but Mm-mm. just out of, like, oh, there's, like, a different energy who's yeah. walked into the room. Yeah. And so it was just, like, uh, I can just remember that very distinctly mm-hmm. in my own life. And right. I hope that I, I try to be that person, mm-hmm. too, that I can right. walk into a crazy situation. And I'm not afraid to talk to anybody mm-hmm. or, like, so everyone's like, oh, I don't want to talk to them about that. I'm like, I'll call them. Yeah. I, yes. And I will. <laughs> yes. Because I just, I'm not afraid of it. Right. I know Correct. who I am. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So. Right. You have you have the power. Well, you have his power of love and self-control. Yeah. Right? It's all God, right? <laughs> it's all God. Yeah. And he's the one that can ultimately bring that right. healing. And right. I believe that he's the one that's bringing this all together, oh, my too. Oh, absolutely. There is no way on God's green earth I should be sitting here with you today. Yeah being able to bring this forward none so what's our (laughs) question what's our question of the day today Uh, our question of the day and please participate guys yeah all right it'll be real simple you can just put your answer in the comments and i messed up my papers finding the other data here we are it was my fault it was my fault (laughs) yeah honestly um i would very much like to be able to say it's his fault but No, I get so excited about the mountains of information we have that doesn't need to just stay information. We're talking big data, right? So to use the big data for transformational change is what is so encouraging and energizing for me. Mm -hmm. All right. So the first question, I'm going to ask you guys to rate your lives on a ladder where the bottom is your worst possible life. That would be zero. And the top of that ladder is your best possible life, which is 10, Mm -hmm. okay? So I'm asking how you feel about your life right now. Is it a zero, worst possible life? Is it a 10, best possible life? Or where are you in between, Mm -hmm. okay? The second part and the last is, that I'm going to ask you to rate your life on this ladder of where you believe you will be in five years. Right. Okay. So again, it's worst possible life, zero, or best possible life, 10. Where you are today and where you believe you will be in five years. Yep. 
And so you could have a couple possibilities. You might say, you know, where I am is where exactly where I'm going to be in five years. Mm-hmm. Things are improving, and I think it's going to be better five years from now. Yeah. Or my life seems to be going nowhere but down, and right. I'm, my life's going to be worse five years from now. And so right. rate it on one to ten, or zero to ten, sorry. Zero to ten. On where you are now, where you'll be five mm-hmm. years from now. Put that answer in the comments. Yes. And then we will uh, maybe share some of your scores if you're okay with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll maybe we'll start the next episode sharing our our yes, scores. Yes, I think that'd be interesting. Um, yeah, I'd be happy to do that. <laughs> um, if anyone is so inclined, please put your reasons for. Yeah. Okay, because that's going to be that's going to be a huge component of having conversation. Absolutely. Is there a possibility at any point of going live stream so we can actually interact? Yeah, we can certainly okay, do that. Okay, so if you'd be interested in doing that, because I certainly don't want to, um, I looked at Andrew because I know I, I ask a lot of his time <laughs> at different points. And so I don't want it to be something that he would take on that would not be fruitful. Yeah. Um, but if you guys feel like it would be, um, please, please, uh, say that as well yeah yeah and we uh we work really well just off the cuff Mm -hmm. and we have these great conversations that's how this whole thing started actually so yeah yeah, if you guys are interested in that we could probably make it happen either on facebook live or we could do a youtube live stream one or the other Mm -hmm. and then just turn that right into a podcast yes because then i really believe we're going to have far more many people going oh that's what happened oh that's why that's why that's why and it's it's enormous and truly we want that from you so as you're Mm -hmm. listening to these podcasts if you're if you're listening on a podcast platform you have to go over to facebook or youtube to leave the comment but if you're watching this on youtube then just as we're going through please feel free leave your thoughts leave 10 comments on there if you have a different thought every five minutes put a timestamp in there so we know what you were talking about and Mm -hmm. leave your thoughts we'd love to hear them yes all right I think that's it for today. Um, yes. All right. If you guys have any topics for us in the future, we'd also love to hear that from you. But uh, we'll see you two Mondays from now. Are we? Another, we're another week off, right? Yeah, we're another week off. We're working towards maybe getting this on a weekly basis mm-hmm. come September time. But yeah. um, my life has been way too crazy. Mm-hmm. I think you're in a similar <laughs> boat as me. So yes. uh, we'll be every two weeks, Mental Health Monday. And mm-hmm. so we'll see you uh, exactly two weeks from today. All right. Have a good one. <laughs> see you in the next one. Yes.